0: And so, thank you. Uh, there's the title we're going after today, Our Friendship Time with Jesus. You know, I, I, there's a line in that song, which I just want to comment on, uh, and, and just get some of my feelings. I could be right, I could be wrong. It said, you know, that we would have immortal fame. Let our nation have immortal fame. And, and let me, here's my, my uh, comment on that. Uh, as a political entity, I don't think uh, we have too much place in in God's purpose and plan. But as a nation of people, you see the difference. I hope you catch what I mean by the difference here. As As a nation of people, we have every place in God's purpose and plan, which simply means this to me. Could be wrong. We could have immortal fame in the terms of God's kingdom coming on earth and have a government that was hostile to God. If the people, if the people are seeking first his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. It's the people, us, And mysteriously, and something I'm starting to grasp it more and more the land. You ever thought, I'll get off this in a month, that that, uh, uh, my Western background caused me to find this a little bit awkward. But then I noticed things like when when part of the thing God said to the nation of Israel when when they messed up their relationship with Him and they didn't listen to Him for a few hundred years, and, and He says, Look, you haven't been listening to me. And it's sort of, He didn't quite put it like this, I'm really loosely paraphrasing uh and because you haven't been listening to me and when you read the context it's a long long time what's in your heart is now going to come upon you uh and one of the problems one of the things he said is the land is going to have its sabbath rest I thought, the physical land that they were on he had said they were meant to give it a rest every few years from being worked. And oh, that's an intriguing thought, isn't it? That he wanted, to, anyway, way off that. Friendship time with God. How many of you have been, if you've been Christians for a while or been around church at all, have heard the term quiet time? Anyone else heard that term? Have a quiet time. Or uh, your devotions. And and uh, if you haven't, uh, that meant you you had a little quiet time um, with God. That just you and God and and devotions, or you and and often they produce. We had materials, books, and things produced called devotional material. And I used to have a whole row of books on my bookshelf that had a daily reading for every day. Um, I hadn't read any of them for so many years. And moving, they all went down to the place that books go. Uh, there's a place in and You take your books, and they have a book sale once a year. So you donate them; they sell them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. But those sort of things, a quiet time, devotion. So I, I, I've relabeled that um, idea, our friendship time with Jesus. I, it came out by accident. Actually, I, I gave a talk many years ago on a quiet time, and and, and, I, and during the during the talk, I started calling it a friendship time, and so the title of the message was changed from the beginning to the end: uh, a friendship time with God. What, what does that mean? That's what we're going to just have a little bit of speaking into today. Next week, I'm going to begin on Revelation 2. We're going to go through the seven churches. I think it'll take eight weeks uh, to get through. I've already got two messages on the first one, so uh, unless, unless that changes. So today, is just simply a friendship time with God. We read that scripture, John 15. It, it said, I call you friends. A friendship time with God. It's with a person. Initially, when I first started this, uh, even though I'd heard about it all my life, I didn't start it doing this until I met Jesus. That sort of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, until he's your friend, it's a little bit boring to have a quiet time. It's like going through the motions. But once he becomes your friend, it all changes. And so after I started having, uh, started doing this thing because, you know, I, I grew up around church, so we were told about it sometimes. Never really did it, uh, but now he's my friend. And so every morning, and for me morning to work, I, I would, you know, read my Bible and, and have some thoughts and have a little prayer. Didn't really know what I was doing, but I'd do something. And, and you start off as a discipline, but disciplines become a desire. Because you like your friend. He's good to you. And you look forward to just time with you and him. As undistracted as possible and different seasons of life I mean that's more or less challenging. I did a month's work beginning of last year where I started work at 5.30 and finished at 5.00. I never once didn't have a friendship time with God before I went to work. They were just Short. <laughs> Uh, but I needed to, to, to catch up with my friend, to set the stage, to make sure that I, you know, keep my life, oh, just to catch up with my friend. But there's a desire. But it started off as a discipline. So whatever you call it, whatever time of the day works for you, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to, to consider, if you don't already, to have a friendship time with God. Let's read again the so the end verses that we uh, had, just from John 15. And uh, if you're if you're a bit of a, a bit newer here, or a visitor, you know, just make time. Of apology for having lots of scripture to look at, because really you want to hear from God through scripture more than you want to hear from me. And I'll just stick it in here now that I do. Been saying this for quite a few years. Uh, you don't want to believe anything because I say it. You feel like God has spoken to you through me. You somehow pause and say, "God, is, is, can I also see this in Scripture? And am I doing it for you, God, not for the minister? Don't do it for me. Don't believe something for me. Don't do anything in your Christian life for me. I'm part of the body. God uses me to provoke and do speak and communicate, but you stand before God alone. And just just check. Okay, I'm doing this for God." And therefore, if it doesn't go well, take it up with him. <laughs> anyway, that's, 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 that's our point. I, I you know, So here's these verses. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Hey, Andrew, can you give me a little bit of fallback? Well, am I on because I can't really hear anything out of the speaker here, which means I tend to um, you know, push myself a bit more. You, know, you are my friends if you do what I want. Let's pause. You know, Jesus is no ordinary friend. So when we talk about a friendship time, we're not pulling him down to our level. We're coming before him and seeing him as who he is, and he's drawing us to be more into his likeness. So let's not you know, uh, forget he's no ordinary friend. He's a friend who laid down his life for his friends. He's a friend who's closer than a brother. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And, and this, this, that speaks to me part of what Happens in a friendship time is Jesus makes known to me things from the Father. He makes known to me things about the ways and the world and the purposes and plans of God, and He makes known to me them to me as I need to know them. He's a friend. He's just telling me that which I can work with now. One of the things I've had to learn, and uh, once you learn it, it's really freeing, and. uh, is I know a lot, lot less than I think I know. And even though I've had some amazing thoughts of seeing the brilliancy of God, and you feel like, wow, that's amazing, it is only a glimpse of who he really, of everything he is. And sometimes we can get that, oh, well, that's it, I'm going to camp with this for the rest of my life. It's so good, it feels like you could do that. And you don't want to lose that. But you've got to realize that he's so much more. And so there's always a sense of learning. Of learning the goodness and ways of the God who created the heavens and the earth. And so we want to have a friendship time with God where, where we're sitting with our friend Jesus, who's, who's no ordinary friend. And he's, he's helping us to learn. Helping us to... Grow in knowing the ways of our Father in heaven. This is special, isn't it? Here's an example. He said, Here's one example we could go there. So so Jesus gave these words to his friends, to his disciples. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, he's saying to his friends, here's something you can learn about my father. Here's something you can learn about how I, Jesus, work with my father. I tell you, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He wants you to have rest. If, If you heard nothing else this morning from sitting in this room and listening to me speak, hear this. The God who created the heavens and the earth wants you to have rest in your soul. He does not want you harassed, feeling pressed down by having to deal with life, anxious. He doesn't want that for us. He wants you, he wants us to have rest in our soul. So Jesus is, we come to that friendship, we learn from Jesus something. And then if you're like me and I'm these days maybe when I was younger, I think, okay, I'm going to go out and have rest. Now I go God I can't do that though, God. Help me, Holy Spirit, come and work rest in me. So I've given up having confidence in myself. Uh, I'm going to have confidence in Him. Have confidence in him to actually do what he said he would do in me. And, and the mystery is, it actually sort of becomes me as well. But I, yeah, going there. Have rest for yourself. For I am gentle, he says, and lowly in heart. That, that, that's simply, uh, to me, I was reading of that this morning, and some Bibles say humble. And uh, in, in a way, I think what he's saying is, I'm just like you at a human level. As a man, a physical person who lives in this earth, coping with all the dynamics of living amongst people in this world under an oppressive government, a high taxation system, the lack of freedom to go where he wanted and do what he wanted outside of a very small area. He's saying, I'm I'm a lowly, I'm a human state. You can have rest in your soul. You can have rest in your soul. So one of the goals of your friendship time, from my point of view, of having a, a, a friendship time, a quiet time, is to come out of that time with more rest in my soul than I went into that time. It's not about the what. You do. It's about the who you're meeting with. And an overriding goal should be I come out with more rest than I go in. If you're doing that already and you have a scheduled time and, and it's working in your life, then you just do what you do. But are you coming out of that time with more rest in your soul than you went in 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes? It's not, that's not the relevance It's just are you coming out with more rest if you are not change it look for something else don't do what you're doing get before jesus and look for something else so i'm going to go on here and start giving some uh, thoughts it's a pretty practical i'm not overly practical in preaching because you know really everyone's practice is going to be a little bit different in reality but, but we're going to just chuck some things up and uh and about having a friendship time with God, you'll see there. I've got some thoughts, not rules uh, for friendship time with Jesus. So, you know, set a time and a place, have a set time and place. Anyone tried to meet up with a friend without setting a time and place? Anyone done that? ever tried that? Oh, yeah, we'll catch up, we'll catch up by next week. Okay, that's it, that's all you say. How many times does that work? Now, we know if we want to we catch up with a friend, or a person, for whatever reason at all, if it's going to work, there's going to be a set time and place. And it's the same with Jesus. Now, we know he's always available, but I need that for me. He doesn't need me to have a set time and place. I need it for me. He's not going to miss the appointment. I'm going to miss the appointment. He's not going to be too distracted for me. I'll get too distracted for him. So I'm not setting a time and place because somehow it ticks a box in God. And, oh, God, God's happy for me. I set a time and a place to make an appointment with him. To catch up with my friends. Catching up with my friends. I need it. And I reckon you do too. And, uh, and I think you know it. So moving on. Uh, remember, there's not a rule. Any time and place that works for you. I like mornings, you like nights. I, I, you, know, you know those students when you're at college who, who uh, do their assignments like starting at 10 o'clock at night? Anyone been around people like that? Uh, I had a son like that actually. Uh, he'd start doing his assignments at 10 o'clock at night, they finish. So they're going to bed when I get up. <laughs> uh, but I always always get up early, go to bed early, works for me. But you pick a time like isn't isn't what time? It's that, does it work for you? So it's a meeting with a person. Who, not what. Say that with me if you want to, right? Who, not what. A friendship time is about who, not what. So we're going to talk about what's, but it's about who, not what. I am not a friend with the Bible. I'm a friend with Jesus. And the Bible is a story book, not a storybook in the sense of a made up storybook, but the testimony of how God is engaging with the world and how Jesus is come to be my friend. I'm not a friend of a particular song, but some songs have been really significant parts of my friendship time with Jesus. It's who, not what, where, or when. It's who, it's who, It's Jesus. It's a meeting with a person. And that's a bit mysterious because, well, he, he doesn't sit down across the table like a person here does. But he does. He invites us to come and sit across from his table. And it is a bit mysterious, but it can be true. It can be true. You can sit down across the table from Jesus, and have a friendship encounter. And he's no ordinary friend. And so we can learn from him. This is so special. Try a journal. If you don't, have a go. If you have a go, persevere. If you don't want to, don't bother. But (laughs) try a journal. Why? Why journal? That's why. No. (laughs) Try a journal. Why? Here's what it... Helps me with. As I said, don't want to, don't bother. Uh, It's your friendship time, not mine. But try a journal. A journal is simply a book that you write in. What sort of book? Any sort of book that you can write in. So there's no, you don't go buy a journal. You don't have to have journal on the shelf when you buy it. You know, it it can be any sort of book you can write in. And preferably a book you write in, not something you type in. Yeah, that has to do with process, doesn't it? In your mind, when you're writing, your mind is doing different things and when it hits a key, repetitively. Uh, why does it help me? Why did I start journaling? Because someone gave me a journal as a gift once and I thought I'd use it, like a real fancy one with a clasp and you know that. You know, so wouldn't have thought of it otherwise, but it was a long time ago. Focus. Having a journal is like something to hold my focus and reduces my distraction. It's almost like there is someone sitting across the table. It's not, you know what I mean, a person, but it creates a focus. It centres my focus. I find that really helpful, so that's one. Number two, it's a place of processing things. So I, I will use my journal. I don't follow any rules with my journal. I once had a structure to follow, but you know, it's, it's, it's not about following rules. It's about process. So, so I might write down something like, oh, why do I feel like this, God? There is something about expressing something and putting it out there that actually helps the process of getting there. But also I want to hear what God's saying, and I'll write that down. Um, i write a lot of scripture in my journal the ones that god seems to be stirring on me so I try a journal it's it focused it's processing things it, it enables you to be a little bit of conversation at times and and i can actually write paul god paul god Paul, god uh not every day uh but i feel like it can create that and i can do that without the journal as well you know i don't it's not limited to that but it, it just creates that sense of A friendship dynamic for me. Uh, It also enables me to track. I want to know, this is a relationship. It's moving. It's growing. I'm learning. I'm getting told off sometimes. Uh, I'm getting encouraged. I'm getting corrected. I'm getting encouraged. I'm learning. All the time. Every day. And, And it enables me to track sometimes. There's been times I've remembered something. And I think seem to be relevant from the past. It seemed to be relevant today. So I've gone back, found the journal, and re-looked at it. it it's not a big thing, but it's part of it. So all these reasons. It's, it's try a journal. Have a go. Just sit there and, and just write how you would talk to Jesus across the, pay, across the table. Uh, maybe not every word, but give it some framework in that. It just helps me anyway. So try a journal. If you don't want to, don't bother. Uh, so here we are, getting a bit more specific. If I'm sitting down to a friendship time with God, and you are sitting down with a friendship time with God, I would say it was just someone else. One of the first things you do is say, G'day, how are you going? Good to see you again. Depending on the person, it's going to be a handshake, a hug. You might get lifted off your feet if it's your son who's way up there taller than you. Uh, he's a hugger and um, whatever. But there's going to be a greeting, a sense of, Ah, oh, I love being here. You know, great to catch up and all that sort of thing. There's going to be a greeting. Begin with a greeting. Begin with a greeting. Just acknowledge God. Welcome Him in. We know He's there. He doesn't just come because we greet him. He's greeting him because he's there. And uh, we, we, we sang some songs, you know, that uh, uh that means Holy Spirit, if you didn't know. And if you weren't too sure what was going on, we were singing words in Leo, and then we we're singing them in English, and I'm not even sure if I got that word wrong. White tongue struggles to get the, uh, the, the two vowel sounds together uh, there. Um, but a greeting. Begin with a greeting. I write it in my journal. Most mornings I write down, get up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm starting. I want to acknowledge a relationship, acknowledge His presence, and, and then for a long time I used to write down, "I am blessed," uh, because I, I wanted to orientate myself. Come on, Paul, you're blessed. No matter what you think, feel, or what's going on around you, you're blessed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's here. I mean, that's enough. The world can be falling down, but I'm blessed. Uh, I'm blessed. So you can do your own way, but start with a greeting and uh, give thanks. Give thanks. It, it's really good to appreciate God. It's really good to appreciate people. But giving thanks, there are certain things, one that orientates my, myself away from stuff that might be crowding into me onto God's stuff, onto Him and what His perspective. Whatever you appreciate will grow in value in your life. You notice that? The more you talk about something positively with appreciation, whether it's a thing or a person, the more you want it. You guys know that when they're thinking, of, I really like that car. <laughs> or that thing, or a motorbike, or yeah. ladies that oh, I really like that dress or those clothes. I don't know, it varies from person to person. I really want to go to that restaurant. The more you talk about it with appreciation, the more desire you'll have, the more value it will have on you. So, so when you if we train ourselves to be people who have a, a giving thanks attitude, appreciation of God, we'll find that He grows in value. We know His value, but, but he, His value grows in us. Not only that, if we we grow in a, a posture, a, a attitude, a place of appreciation of thankfulness towards God. And and just hear this right. In a way, we position ourselves for him to bless us more. It's not we've earned anything. It's simply really hard for God to bless people who aren't paying him attention. Ever tried to do something good for someone who wasn't paying you attention? tried to be generous to someone who wasn't paying you any attention or minimal attention? No, it doesn't work. And so as we grow an attitude of appreciation and thankfulness, we'll find that God has more of our attention and therefore it enables more of God's goodness to be imparted and at work in our life. It, it does not mean He's not stingy. But he does like us to be part of the process. You ever, I was thinking of this one this morning. I think this is where I thought of this. I have a few grandkids, but one of them who's now 10, and the other, there's another three year old quite like this as well. But, but when this one who's about 10, Zachy, was a little toddler, he liked to climb anything and everything. You'd be walking down the street, and you'd see a fence, like a wrought iron fence, and he'd stop and try to climb it. Uh, Anyone anyway, who has to know these kids like that—these little kids—they that just go, 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 and, and then you go along and you go to give them a hand. I can do it, granddad. Leave me alone. And uh, and then he'd climb and climb and you just stand there and watch him. And, and then he gets stuck. Help, granddad. Help, granddad. Uh, it is not good. He 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 didn't like he didn't like help unless he asked for it. And uh, I know his mum. T- his mum said once he did something, fell through something at home, and she ran out and said, "Are you okay?" And he obviously wasn't. And big fuss, typical mum and definitely, you know, not typical. Maybe every mum, there's nothing wrong with it either. And he says, "I'm alright." Obviously wasn't. It's sort of. I don't know where that came from. And like a three or four year old, I was with him once, and uh, he had one of those little scooters that you scoot along on, and these, and we're scooting along this path, and he must have had a little stone, and the thing just flipped. And he goes wham, hits on the ground. And I, I just stood there. Because I know what he's like. And look at him and getting up and going through everything. I'm not going on about anything, but I'm checking, making sure he's okay. Afterwards, is he okay, Zach? He said, Yep, got back on the scooter and went off. See, because I knew he didn't want to make a fuss of. What I'm saying is, if, if we, God can't really help us. When we're saying, Leave me alone, I'm okay. That's dishonoring for him to invade into our world and help us. You, you do it if it's desperate enough, you know. The more we pay attention, the more of what his, his goodness, his grace, his mercy can be part of who we are. We posture ourselves for blessing. Quiet time is very much about putting this friendship in a place where it works for him and us. So, oh, going on and uh, read and meditate on the Bible, on Scripture. This is a big point and we can't take too much time with it but it's it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal in my life. We believe in Jesus according to Scripture and by the Holy Spirit's workings. Jesus said, whoever believes in me according to Scripture will receive the Holy Spirit. If you read books like They start reading in Matthew and just start noticing how often it just says a little phrase. So Scripture could be fulfilled. You'll find similar in other Gospels as well. Jesus knew the Scripture about his life as the Messiah from the Old Testament, which enabled him to trust The truth of the Father expressed in Scripture that he had in his heart when all the facts around him weren't good. Scripture is important for a believer in God. I don't have a relationship with the Bible. I have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus. But Jesus himself said in John 5, 39 and 14, he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, you study the scripture to try and find eternal life, but you reject me, whom they, the scriptures, testify of. So it's still the who, not the what. So we're looking into scripture to see Jesus, and it's through Jesus and in Jesus to see the God who created the heavens and the earth, to see who he is. He's not just any God. He's a specific God. He's not just a God with the name God. He's a specific God. And and Scripture lifts that revelation up, that understanding up, the ideas up. So we're looking at Scripture to know Jesus and the who, and in him to know his Father, our Father in heaven. It's important. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in, in Matthew 4, the devil quoted Scripture. But he couldn't trick Jesus because Jesus knew Scripture. Because the devil to quote Scripture with a, trick, with a, you know, a twist, and Jesus going, "No, no, that's not what it is written." So if you want to overcome all the, the temptations of the devil, one of the ways is no Scripture better than the devil. Otherwise, he'll twist it and trick it, and you won't pick it up the Holy Spirit will help you, but the better you know it, better you get it. So I so read Scripture. So when anyway, we're reading the Bible, have a plan. You don't have to have a plan. plan just means I have a plan of what I'm reading. I get up every day, and I read to the plan. If you don't want a plan, don't bother with a plan. What a plan means is I know where I'm going to read. I don't spend five minutes figuring out what I'm going to read today. That's all. It's my plan. I can change it. Going back to the uh, set time and schedule, I just need to say this, I didn't say it. When you set an appointment with Jesus and you miss it occasionally, uh, just remember this. You've missed an opportunity, not an obligation. You've missed an opportunity, not an obligation. It's appropriate to feel sad. You don't need to feel bad. Hope you get the difference there. Sad relates to guilt. Sad relates to, I missed an opportunity. I would have liked to catch up with Jesus this morning, but it didn't work. Oh, that was sad. So we reschedule. It's not, I'm bad because of that, no. But I did miss an opportunity to spend time with my friend, one-on-one, without any Confusion, yeah. And the same with Scripture. So we get the Bible here. When we read Scripture, it's about Jesus. It's about who, not what. I, I don't want to become an expert on the Bible. I want to become a good friend of Jesus. And, and the Bible's the way it helps me to do that. Along the way, surprisingly, you become more and more expert on the Bible. Uh, but it's still who, not what. And, and so it's in there. So, and, and we need the Holy Spirit. This is where we need the Holy Spirit. We need him everywhere. But you can't see Jesus in the Bible clearly without the work of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus himself said, the Holy Spirit has come to teach you all about the things that I've told you about, to remind you of things. He's come to reveal me to your heart, to testify to you of who I am. In fact, the Old Testament said that in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit would come into our hearts and he would write the words of God in our hearts. Now, there's a mystery for you. He puts them into the, who I am as a being, not into my physical heart that beats, but into the sense of my innermost being. And so as I read scripture, I'm, I'm giving the Holy Spirit material to write the word of God into me. So it becomes what, written into the fabric of who I am as Paul. And it becomes part of who I am. And then it becomes more possible to live it. Because I'm not trying to live it off the page. I'm living it out of who I am. And and Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is with you, but when he comes, he will be in you. And we all here today have the Holy Spirit with us, because he's with us. Because you came into this room, he's with you, but he may not be in you all. He only becomes in us through us choosing to put our faith in Jesus Christ according to scripture. Now as long as we don't know all that, God knows what we don't know about our prayers and commitments, and he honors what he knows, not what we know. If you get what I mean by that? Like God does a lot that I'm ignorant of and then I find out about it. But he honors the heart's commitment that he sees and when the Holy Spirit's in us, he is the primary leader of all the things of the kingdom of God in our life. So, part of this of time is, is I'm sitting with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit in me. He's in Jesus, he's in me. He's the testimony. Jesus is the testimony of God's love and goodness and salvation, but the Holy Spirit is testifying to that into me. It's into my very person. And he is, and are going to there, the Holy Spirit, he is unseen and internal. And our quiet time, our friendship time, is where much of how God leads us should flow from. And it's unseen and internal. So if you're a person who's been orientated to finally look for signs and circumstances and things outside you to lead you, stop it. I'll say it again. Stop it. If you've been around those church, and you can disagree with me, but... You the Holy Spirit has been going to lead in us. In the old covenant, they were led by external things. In the new covenant, he's, that which was external has become internal. Now, now science can confirm. Science can add add you know meaning and substance. You can get. Outside prophetic words that can confirm I got a prophetic word from it Norman McLeod went on the thing, and he spoke a whole lot of things. He prayed over everybody. And Grace said, I recorded it. Did you get it? I said, Yeah, yep, I did, but it's already all in my journal. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know what's on my journal, but it's already all in my journal. It's already been, you know, not in the same words, same form, same shape. But in the sense of it all, it was already things that the Holy Spirit was speaking into my heart. And then the prophet comes and says it, boom, it comes together. But it's in the internal. If I haven't got an internal and the prophet said it, I've had that. I just, oh, God, that's interesting. And I don't have anything in me that's connecting to that. I'll just put it to the side. I won't say it's wrong. I won't say they got off the thing. I'll just put it to the side and see what happens it may be god will start speaking to me and it'll connect you get what i'm saying i'm just i don't know why i made a point there in unseen and internal and as we read scripture he writes it in our heart anyway there's enough there um here's our responsibility we set our mind on the word he writes in our hearts now if if you're not too sure you haven't been around church much and you can go to scriptures like jeremiah 33 i think it is 30 33 there's a prophecy there about it. You go to Hebrews 8, Hebrews 10. Uh, all these talk about how in the new covenant, the Holy Spirit will come and write the truth and the word of God in our hearts. And, and I found he doesn't write it all at once. It'd be a bit overwhelming, wouldn't it? It's ah! <laughs> consistently growing it in us. And as I get a sense of God's word, like rest, rest, come under me, and I'll give you rest. You hear that? Come under me. And get rest. No, come under me and make sure you rest. No, come under me and I'll give you. I'll give you rest. It's a gift. Receive it. Learn from me. And you will find rest in your souls. So I'm going to find that in my innermost being. And I have a mind. And sometimes when I look around me and when I weigh up all the inputs that are coming into my mind from the external world, it can feel overwhelmed and anxious. It's my responsibility to use my mind, to listen, and to like, hold that connection with what the Holy Spirit's said into my innermost being my spirit, my soul you getting it and if I don't do that it won't happen don't be conformed to this world that learns from the external through analysis to understanding from the external through our analysis to understanding. Be like Jesus, who learned from the Holy Spirit in his heart, teaching him about the Father's ways through Scripture and other things as well, to his mind to practice. This is what friendship time is about. It's that friendship time when we set our mind on the revelation, the way the Holy Spirit is leading in our heart, and, and a big part of that is is how Scripture is used. Uh, so, read and meditate on Scripture. So, meditation means to you. You, just, you don't need a lot when you get up in the morning or the evening or the lunchtime, whatever it is. You read Scripture. You don't need a lot. Oh, and um, you don't need to read a lot. You can read as much as you want. Uh, what you want is food. Make sense? I want food, I want something that feeds my faith in God, something that feeds my friendship with God, something that feeds my spiritual life, my walk with Jesus. And when I get a thought uh, from Scripture that feeds that, it could rebuke me, it can encourage me, it can just be interesting, inspiring, it can, be, it can have a whole lot of different sort of context on it. But I know, oh yeah, that's for me today. Okay, I've got a yeah. there's something there you're speaking about, God. That's what I meditate on. What does that mean? I want to hold it in my mind. I want to, you know, chew it over and sense, break it up a little bit, absorb it into my being and, and say, Holy Spirit, help me do this because I can't do it by myself. You know, so has the question, you know, your friendship time is has your spirit got something to feed on from Scripture? And has the pressure of the world on our flesh lightened? When we come to a friendship time, we want something to feed on. It feeds our faith, feeds our our friendship with Jesus, feeds our trust in our Father in heaven, feeds our sense of um, knowing the Holy Spirit. And we want to come out of that time lighter. His rest, having a bigger place in our life. Sometimes, you know, burdens don't go away. There's still decisions to be made, still things to be taken care of. They've still got to be worked out. But they can be lighter. They can be lighter. They can t- the weight can go. Because God's put something in us that's encouraged us. There we go, we're done. Last thing we do in a friendship, not quite done. We can just read these verses. Pray, pray for things. And uh, do not be anxious about anything but on everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's that thanksgiving. Look at everything. Do not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You ever thought, he, he said, come on, tell me about what's going on. Tell me about the things that are bothering you. Tell me about the things that concern you. You know, just share them with me. Tell me, pray about, ask about the people, who, yeah, whatever it is, pray about it. Uh, just put them before God and, as a good friend, mean, spend time there. And then he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The The idea is if we brought it before God, he's now part of it too. It's not all on us. And uh, like little Zachy, Let me alone, Granddad, I can climb. But then he says, Help, Granddad. He's right now. He doesn't have to get out of that pickle. Uh, sometimes you'll help them get out of it. Show them how to, you know, Move the, you know, do what they need to do to get out of their stuck place so they feel like they're doing it. Sometimes you just pluck them out of it. Uh, very, uh, anyway, there we go. Friendship time with Jesus. Friendship time with Jesus. We're gonna put on a couple of tracks now. We're just, no, track, we're just gonna have a few minutes. I think it's uh, a, a, of um, time just to worship and just to just be with Jesus, be with God. We have over here communion during this time. Uh, There'll be a time you can come up and. Take the, the, the bread and the, the cup of remembering Jesus, our friend. This is it's the time to, to just, just say, thank you, Jesus, that it's your blood of the new covenant that enables me just to come into your presence. There's no barrier. Any barriers in us. There's no barrier between us and God and him. But we choose to believe. We choose to reach out. He's there. And you can have your friendship time for a few moments just this morning before we finish, uh, as you take of communion. And remember, remember that he has done this and he has made it possible. And we're responding to what he has done. He has come and he called us friends. We don't come and say, oh, I'm going to be your, no, no, he's come and put out the offer. And we're responding to him. And even if we talked before about our nation, and it, it, it's his blood. It's his work that's going to make a difference in our, uh, amongst the people and the issues. And uh, you can put up a prayer for that as well. So let's just put up the song. Let's go. Let's worship. Let's stand. And uh, during this time, just come and take communion.